Okay, we turn to John chapter 21. Now this would be the last scene that we get to study about our Saviour. So it's just so difficult to leave this scene. I wish we could squeeze more out of it and know more of our Saviour. This would be his last moments with the disciples on earth. And the last chapter of John chapter 21. Um, now we just read one last verse first. You know, let's read verse um, 24 and 25 together first. This, this is the disciple which testified of these things and wrote these things that we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Now, I can almost feel the heart of John when he wrote this last part. Can you sense it? He says there's really so many things to write about. So many things that he probably wished he could write about and he, maybe he wished that he did not have to finish writing and stop writing. Um, I never understood this when I did my devotion on John a long time ago. But now I read it, I understand. It's so difficult to leave a book, especially that describes our Saviour's walk on earth. It's so difficult. And he said, I suppose, you see, verse 25, also many other things. It's like he says, I, I wish you knew about all of them. I wish. About who? Which Jesus did. You know, I really like the last um, choice of words that God gave. Many other places is Christ, right? Is God, right? And here is very personal. Many other things which they say God did, Christ did, but say Jesus did. And I suppose if he says, he says, if I continue writing, I think um, all the books in the world cannot contain it. You know, and he got to stop here where God has given him up to here to write. So it's so difficult to leave this chapter. I, I hope that you always feel so when you read the Bible. It's so difficult to put down my quiet time before I go to school. I just wish I could just keep reading God's Word, learning about Him, but it's time to go to school or it's time to go to sleep. You know, this is how John ends the chapter. His love for the Saviour and I hope through these um, months or years um, you have developed a greater love for Him knowing everything that He has done for you. Right? So I hope that that will be our heart always. Now, we continue in this scene. Let's read and then we, um, we answer some of these questions and learn. Now let us read from verses, for context, let us read from verses 1 all the way to um, 14 again. Alright, shall we read and think carefully? Verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship, 
immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore the disciples whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisherman's fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Then Simon went up and drew the net to the land, full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty and three. For all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples does ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread, and giveth them, and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us all turn to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before thy throne of grace, Lord, seeking thy blessing from spiritual blessings above. And Lord, we do ask that you speak to our hearts as we have sung. And Lord, we do desire to know more of our Saviour, to love him. Lord, how can we love him if we don't study and don't know him well? So Father, we pray that you open our spiritual eyes. And Lord, we also pray again for cleansing, for washing in the blood of Christ. Lord, we have sinned against you in many ways through the week, we know. So we pray that you show to us that we may confess and repent. And sins that we know about, Lord, that you grant us grace to always depart from them. And Lord, we pray now with, uh, for every group, may you be with them. Um, help the facilitators, help the teachers to teach your word. Lord, feed your children in thy house tonight. Remove all tiredness, remove all distraction. And Lord, draw us in a special way to our Saviour tonight. Lord Jesus, we pray that you be in our midst and reveal thyself to us as thou reveal thyself to the disciples and how their hearts were warm towards you. So Father, we pray that you hear this prayer. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let's look at chapter 21. Okay, so question number one. Now, what has the Lord already done by the time the disciples reached the shore? What lessons can we draw from here? Alright, Jennifer? What, did the, what has the Lord already done by the time the disciples reached the shore? He's already had, he had prepared the bread and cooked, cooked the fish, cooked the fishes already. Were these the fishes that they, they caught, that he told them to catch? Okay, ask the next person. Ilim, were these the 
So the Lord said, cast your net on the right side. And they caught a lot of fishes, right? They were the fishes that they caught from the water? No. How do you know? <coughs> Very good. Now in verse um, 9, it says, As soon as they were come to land, they saw fire, coals, fish, lead, and bread. Right? Then Jesus says, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. Correct? So the Lord has already prepared breakfast for them. Right? So this is... Now, I always wonder, do you think... Because it says um, there was fire, there were coals, and fish thereon, and bread. So Jesus barbecued the bread, uh, the fish. So Jesus seems to have toasted the bread too. So it's nice, um, crispy, toasted bread. Right? So, um, so he has already prepared it. Now, what lessons can we learn? What do you think? Anna, what, what, when you read this, what do you think of? Any lesson can you think of? He's what? He's Jesus is very organized. He already prepared everything. Okay, so that's what you think of mommy in the morning. You come down, mommy's preparing breakfast, you come down. Mom is so organized. <laughs> she didn't forget that I need breakfast. <laughs> when you see mommy preparing breakfast, what goes through your mind? Besides she's organized, I hope more than that. She cares about you. She cares about the children, right? So, it is a very touching scene when you read this. You know they were fishing the whole night, right? Fishing the whole night. So, have you tried working the whole night in the cold? By morning, you're very tired and you're very hungry, right? And the Lord knew that. Now, actually, I also ask you, um, now, this is something that, look at chapter 21, now look at verse 2. No, verse 3. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. And they say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered in the ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. Why do you think Peter went fishing? Okay, that's the next one. Caleb, why do you think Peter went fishing? Right? Peter said, they were... Now, in the first place, where were they? Do you remember they were at? Sea of Galilee, right? So they're at Galilee. Why were they at Galilee? Do you remember? No? Okay, Cornelius, do you remember why, why, why did they go to Galilee? To go fishing? Hmm? No. So why were they, why they? Why are they at Galilee? Why are they not at Jerusalem or some place? Say again. To meet Jesus, the Lord Jesus told them, "Go to Galilee and wait for Him there." Right? So they went. So they went, and then they waited, and then Peter just got out and says, "I go a fishing. I go a fishing." So um, Caleb, why do you think Peter wanted to go fishing? So they they obeyed Christ. They went to Galilee to wait for Him. And then Peter, after some time, said, I go fishing. Why do you think so? Can you guess? No. No. Okay. Ben. Hungry. Hungry. <laughs> hungry. How do you know you're hungry? Um. Because they're like you. <laughs> <laughs> Always hungry. 
hungry. Well, we guess the, the Lord did prepare food for them, right? This one scene where, many scenes, but this scene, the Lord prepared food for them. And, said, and when the Lord met them, verse 5, what did the Lord say? Children, have ye any meat? Did you catch any food? Right? Do you have any food? So they were thinking about food. So Peter went fishing, probably because they need to eat. Now, Justin, um, is it wrong for Peter? God says, God called them to be fishers of men, right? So Peter went back. Peter disobeyed God and he went back to his old profession and be a fisherman. Is it the case? Probably not. We don't really know, but, but from the scene, it looks more like the Lord says, Do you find any food? Are right, you hungry? And he prepared food for them as well. Um, so, actually, what can we learn from this? Before, before we learn about the Lord, uh, Ignatius, what should you learn when you're hungry? So you should not go and fish. God will provide. So you will just wait for Jesus to turn up and prepare breakfast for you. <laughs> what do you learn from Peter? <laughs> Why do you always think I ask you trick questions? No, it's not a trick question. Peter was eager to see the Lord. Peter was eager to see the Lord, then he went fishing. As if he was hungry. Fishing for food. Fishing for food. Uh, Josh, how? When you're hungry, what should you do? Hungry. Hmm. <laughs> Go look for mommy. Go to the pantry. Go to the pantry. Go do something, right? Right? So, I don't know. Some people uh, say Peter went back to his old profession. It's terrible and he left his calling and all that. I don't know whether that's really the case. But I do know. But we do know. Look, they went there and they waited, right? The Lord has not turned up. You have to realize that uh, they need to eat. Before, when they were with the Lord, um, the Lord performed miracles, right? And very often, also probably, He's with the Lord, so the people also provided for the Lord, and they got to eat. Now they are vagabonds, you understand? They are outcasts. The people that crucified Christ, the whole environment, people are just, remember, we crucified this, 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 uh, this in their mind, this false prophet. And these are their followers. Right? So it's, it's a very difficult time for them. They went there, they sit. What? You want to go ask, can you give us food? We are Jesus' disciples. You know, maybe in the past they asked, oh, that man that performed miracles, yes, yes, come to my house. Now, probably they will not be very welcome. Right? So, Peter, well, we're hungry. We're going to do something. I'm going to catch some fishes. Right? So, he did what he needed to do. Um, but we'll see about some of about his calling later on, right? So the Christian principle is we should not be lazy, right? We must work, we must work, and not sit around and say the Lord will provide. Man shall not live by bread alone. The Lord will provide. That is true, but we have responsibility, right? So it's both, because after we'll see the opposite. We'll see what what Ignatius says is true. Um, the Lord did remind them about that. But the fact is, 
they perform their human responsibility. Right? So all of you are going to finish studying, right? So you must purpose in your heart that I want to serve the Lord, I want to be busy in the Lord's work, but I must support myself. Okay? Don't, don't be lazy. Don't be a bum. Uh, and there are many young people that are like that now. They just keep depending on parents. Your parents, whether rich or poor, but especially poor, you, you, you better be, you better be, um, better be uh, a good child. But some you think, oh, my parents are rich, I don't have to. I'm hungry, I just make a WhatsApp call. <laughs> and then go to pantry. You know, it's always food there. So you must learn. Um, we, Peter was there. Now, if Peter and Simon, Simon Peter and all, if they, were, if they didn't care about the Lord's calling, they would not bother to go to Galilee. They would have just, just gone do other things. All right? So they did go there. They were obedient. But they're hungry, so they need to eat. Okay, so now they were willing to, to, to go and labor hard through the night. Okay, it was night, through whole night. Cannot catch, they still keep trying, right? So Christians should not be lazy. Um, don't be picky with jobs. If you have a job, it fits you, do it. If it's cold, even if it's cold, you bear with it. Even if you do work very hard and get very little, be content, right? So they knew they had to live. They had to live. Because some of you here, um, if the Lord calls you to stay back, it may not be easy. All right, it may not be easy. You got to work hard, but it may not be uh, uh, a job that gives you a lot of money. All right, but you say to serve the Lord. If I'm hungry, I'll do what I need to do. All right, so they just did that. All right, so I hope we learn. Um, we see more of that afterwards. So, so they went. Um, to try and get some food, maybe to feed the rest also. But the rest probably say, Peter, we are not going to sit here and wait for you. Go fish and feed us. All right, we'll go also. All right, so good. The other, the other believers were also stirred. They, they were not lazy. They said, Peter, go. Let's, we shouldn't sit around here. Let's also go fish and feed, feed the rest. So they went. That's why the Lord, when he met, met them, the first thing he asked, do you catch any food? Now you're hungry, I know. And he prepared food for them. Okay, so now, uh, what, so now the Lord already prepared the food. He knew they were hungry, asked them any food or not. So the Lord already knew. Okay, the Lord already knew they would not catch any and it's very likely the Lord shunted the fishes to another place. They can't catch. For a reason, I believe, which we'll discuss afterwards. So what, what lessons we draw from here? The Lord cares for us. Physical care also. Alright, so we, we don't go to the extreme of uh, the charismatics, all they care about is that. And we can't say that the Lord don't care about our physical needs. The Lord does care. So you should not worry. Right? That's the lesson. You should not worry. The Lord does care for you. He will, he will provide when the time is, is appropriate, when the time comes. All right? He will provide. Um, now what else? Okay, now come to um, Joshua. Now, what do you think about the Lord? When you see him on the shore preparing food, what comes to mind? Yes, huh? they deserted him, right? And then Peter deserted him, right? They say, "Yo, we hungry, lah," you know. But 
from the time the Lord arose, do you remember many lessons? All he thought was always the disciples. Always the disciples. You must know that that is how much the Lord loved you. And you must love him in return. So he, he never held the grudge. Um, so you imagine, uh, okay, Chloe, so imagine you're there, right? Then you see the Lord Jesus at the shore. Wow, when you reach there, he prepared breakfast for you. Yeah? What's your favorite fish? Don't tell me you don't like fish, right? What's your favorite fish? <laughs> hmm? Cod fish, okay. So you see cod fish there, toasted bread. Right? You're smiling so widely. What would you th- what what would you think of the Lord Jesus at that time? What goes through your heart? He cares so much, right? He knows you're hungry and then he prepares. He prepares. Men shall not live by bread alone, in Asia is true, but yet the Lord make sure that he prepared bread for us. Alright? So don't worry. I don't know if some of you may worry if I graduate, what happens if I can't find a job? And so on and so on. Uh, the Lord will will prepare. When the time is come, you will see that oh, it's there. Um, now, do you think they will be uh, more joyful if they caught a lot of fish themselves, they went on board on the shore, and then they cook and they eat themselves, or they see the Lord prepared? Um, Shinri, what do you think is, is, uh, is something that they will learn more in their heart? When the Lord prepare, when the Lord prepare right? You catch, you, pre- you get food yourself, um, you say, I, I caught the fishes, right? So sometimes it's like that, sometimes, then I ask this question. So why do you think they could not catch any fishes? Now it's very amazing, these are experienced fishermen. They have the equipment, it's described there, they have the boat, they have the fisher coat, they have a smaller boat, they have everything, right? They have the net also. They could not catch any fish. Experienced fishes, fishermen cannot catch any fish. Do you think it's natural? Not very natural, right? So, um, Brenda, why do you think the Lord would shunt the fishes away and they could not catch any? Then he prepared for them. Very good. So that they know it came from God. If they ca- caught the fishes, I'm hungry. Peter said, let's go catch fishes. And then they caught, then they eat, forget already. I'm full. Then they walk away. But they try and try and try, and they found that they couldn't. And then even when they caught, that's why I asked you from the beginning, even when they caught, they just said, good, good, now bring the fishes here. Let's choose caught to cook for Chloe. No, right? The Lord says, the Lord already prepared. The Lord didn't even want to use the fishes that they caught, right? Why? Why? Because the Lord want them to know He is the one that feed them. Whether they caught or the Lord prepare, it is still from the Lord. So the fishes that they caught, were they, was it their experience? No, right? The Lord have to show them, it's me that will bring the fishes into the net. And when you come on board, I want you to know, I'm not even going to feed you with those fishes that you put, you, you hauled in. I feed you with what I prepared beforehand. Right, so this is an important lesson for all of us. You may worry. And so now from that, um, Samantha, why do you think sometimes God would not give someone a job, but will feed him other ways? Teach them to depend on him. And when they receive it, how do you think they will feel? 
very thankful, right? Very thankful, and they will treasure that meal. You know, read this meal. It's very. It's a. It's a meal that we treasure. That's why in in FEBC, we, what do we sing? Come and dine. The Lord calleth, come and dine. It's a very precious scene, you know. You know when the Lord does not give you a job, if He chooses not to. Don't look at it as something evil, bad, and you know, and go around with a long face. Uh, life is so tough and all that. The Lord is always teaching us something. The person who every month the company credits $3,000 or $10,000 into your bank account, when you join a company, right? They say, give me your bank account. Every Monday, channel the money to your account. Then the money just keeps going in. You don't think about it. Versus someone who has to live like Peter, they all now. No one is going to help them, right? The society don't like them. There are a whole bunch of people, so-called society rejects now, sitting in Galilee waiting. Um, they can fill themselves with self-pity. Yeah? But they say, no, let's go do something. All right? So when you don't have a job, just do anything. Just do anything. Right? And then, when compared to someone whose money just keeps going to your bank account, or your parents are every month just channel money to your bank account, versus someone who oh, really don't know next month how. And then next month, just in the nick of time, morning already, morning already, they feel catch fish already. Eh? Fishermen go out at night, they catch, they catch. They come back in the morning, they say the, the opportunity to catch is over already. They have to wait till night again to go out, right? So they know it's over already. But just morning, why did the Lord not, not, not turn up at night? Turn up at the time where fishermen will come back to shore. It's at that time where they know nothing already. We will be hungry. At that time, the Lord say, come and dine. Then you never forget that experience. Okay, Justin, you know what I'm talking about? Now every month your mommy gives you money, right? Now one day you say, I don't have, don't know, next month how? And then at the last minute, maybe someone give you a love gift or, some, or someone give you a temporary job just to do something. And then you just have enough. You know that kind of experience, uh, you should treasure more then you have abundance and you don't worry because you never appreciate the closeness of the Lord the Lord did not, with, did not feed them with the abundance they got the Lord feed them with what He prepared then they always remember that, that meal that the Lord prepared for them then you always remember that $100 that the Lord prepared for you just at the nick of time, you have it it's very precious so don't look at joblessness and all that if the Lord allows you to be jobless for that period, take it as a learning growth. Trusting Him. Don't complain, don't murmur. Peter didn't say, Ayah, the Lord, now leave us here stranded. They said, okay, we go do anything that we can to feed ourselves. And then the Lord fed them. Alright? So, so I hope that you draw the lesson, the Lord cares. From the time He resurrected until now, all He did was show His care and that he did not hold a grudge all right and that he was going to do something after we see with peter so remember that um, trust your lord love him he cares and we sing the hymn i know does jesus care i know he cares you know so so that is the scenario and it's very precious um, i remember a preacher shared once before 
how he didn't have money, he didn't know where to feed the children. He went home uh, when he was an FEBC student, he had children, the wife, so he don't know. Then after speaking engagement, they, they, he, people just gave him an envelope, so he put it in his Bible, he go home, he was still wondering how to feed the children, and then he opened up the envelope, it was just enough to buy dinner for the family. And then he went to buy dinner. He said, never forget that $50 that he got. Right? This is what it is. Okay, so, so trials are good. Um, that is how the Lord, the Lord purposely did not give them any fish. It's not random. You don't get a job. There are so many jobs. It's not random. All right? The Lord purposely make sure that even they caught, the Lord will prepare for them. Then they always know, it's from the Lord. It's from the Lord. Okay? Um, actually, that is why you look at, you look at this scene. Now, let, you, let me ask you, verse 10, they come, verse 9, they came on board, they saw the fire, right? And very clearly, the Lord wants us to know the fish and the bread there. The fish laid thereon, so don't know whether the bread toasted or not, maybe the bread at the side. Um, then verse 10, Then the Lord said, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. Why do you think now then the Lord asked them to bring up? Exactly for that reason. If the Lord wanted them to know, now you put this whole stack of cod, salmon, I don't know what fishes they have in Galilee, do you know? Lots of different fishes, and the Bible says huge fishes, alright? Um, you put that whole stack there, and then you look at those on the fire. You know both are from me. You know both are from me, alright? So that's why the Lord didn't just tell them, okay, leave, leave the fishes on the boat. Bring it, bring it, bring it, put it here, and then it will dawn on them. Eh? Both also from the Lord. Alright, so when you have money channeled straight into your bank account uh, from your parents or when you come out and work from, from your company, always know it's from the Lord. Okay? And be thankful. Otherwise, you won't be thankful. Alright, so now. Um, what lessons? The Lord cares for us. Trust Him. And He will provide at the time that is needed. Okay? So, but you must do your part. Right? This is a lesson. They did their part and the Lord provided. If they were lazy, I think maybe the Lord would not have. Okay? Let you be hungry, then you learn a lesson. Now, next. Um, now, compare this miracle to that in Luke. 5, 8 to 11. Question number 2. Alright, what is the difference? What is the purpose of the miracle? What do I learn? Okay, Luke chapter 5, verse 8 to 11. Hey, before we go further, huh, can I just finish this part? Huh? Now, so, so remember this. Because some of you are in your final year, some of you um, um, are facing challenges in jobs, right? Um, now I want to say one thing, do not let the fear of not being able to make a living hinder you from doing what God wants you to do. Remember that, okay? Um, because when the Lord asked them to go to Galilee, you know what that means? That means the mission continues, understand? Because remember before the Lord before the Lord went to be crucified, what were the what were the people, what were his disciples feeling? Who remembers? Uh, next is Susan. What were the disciples feeling? You know, actually next. Um, Abigail. 
Oh, you were not in those lessons. But do you remember before the Lord went to heaven? Uh, before the Lord was crucified, the disciples were feeling very miserable. Why? The Lord keeps saying, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be crucified. And then they were feeling very miserable. Besides, they know that he's going to die. Okay. Susan, do you remember the reason? Um, they didn't want him to go. Why? They were not the type that were following him for the food, for the free food. Why? Why were they following him? Okay, behind Clara, do you remember? Why were they so down and out? And, and then? Oh, no one remembers. CP? No? Elaine? Afraid of what? When Jesus dies, then what happens to us? We follow him not because of the food. We follow him because of the mission, right? The mission. And now the leader of the mission is gone. He says he's going to die. Then what happened to the whole, our, our calling? Um, um, to evangelize, to spread the truth. What happened to all that? He's gone. He says he's going to die. So they were very worried about that, right? So when the Lord appeared, remember we kept emphasizing, the Lord keep emphasizing to them, the mission is still on. Go to Galilee. And in Galilee, that's where I will now go into the Pentecost and all this is going to happen, right? So go there and wait for me. So the fact that the Lord asked them to go means the Lord said the mission is on. So my friends, if you ever fear, if I stay, if I can't find a job, how? But if that is God's mission for you, if that's God's will for you, do not worry. Do not think that it will be easy. That's what I'm saying. They continued with the mission, but it was not easy. Alright, it was not easy. If the Lord wants you to go home, you go home. Also be prepared. It may not be easy. Alright? Um, so do not think that... Um, do not let the fear of how you are going to live dissuade you from what God has called you to do and to be at. They knew that going to Galilee means they are continuing the mission. They are there, they know they are hungry. But the Lord provided. The Lord will provide at the last minute if, his, if it is His will. Okay? So remember that. So don't let those be things that stop you. You know, I want to say at this point, uh, I do not want you to stay if it is not God's will. Because it will destroy you. Because it will destroy, it will not be good for the church. Alright? But I'm telling you that if it's God's will for you to stay, do not fear. The Lord will provide. Right? If you continue on His path, His will, obey Him, he will provide at the right time. Okay, so remember that. Now, um, alright, so we continue. Now, point number two, uh, question number two. Let's turn to Luke chapter 5, verse 8 to 11. Luke chapter 5, verse 8 to 11. Alright, so I come back to Jennifer. Jennifer, what happened to Veronica? She's not well? Okay, Luke chapter 5, 8 to 11. Let's read together. 
Okay, then um, let's now let's try and compare what's the diff this miracle is very similar, right? We studied eight to eleven. Shall we read together? When Simon Peter's ah, uh, sorry, 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 sorry. Verses from um, four to uh, four to eleven. Four to eleven. Let's go. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto them, Simon. <coughs> Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answered, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have not taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed in the great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, and so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, and all the drought of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon, and Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. What is the difference? Okay, so now back to Jennifer. What is the difference between this miracle? Is it very similar? Yeah, they were out all night. Then the Lord says, Cast on which side? What to do? And then they call out fishes. A lot. What's the difference between this one and the miracle that we just read in John 21? Very good. Alright. Is that the difference that you saw, Ilim? The net in this case broke. Right? The net in this case broke. In the other case, it did not break. Now, um, Anna. Oh no. Oh, okay. Ilim. Elim, when in Luke chapter 5, when Christ performed this miracle, which is very similar, um, what did he say at the end of the miracle? What's the purpose of this miracle? At the end, what did he say to the people? Okay, from now they will catch men. Alright, in verse 10, fear not, from henceforth, Thou shalt catch men. Okay? In other words, what is it about, Anna? What's, a, what's this catching men? Play hide and seek. Uh, to tell them the gospel and lead them to God. Tell them the gospel and lead them to God. Alright? So, this was their calling. Remember, this was, this was their calling. So, the purpose was to show them that He is God. Right? The miracle is always to show them that He is God. And now, as God, I call you to follow me. I call you to follow me. Now, when God calls you to follow Him, or put it the other way around, you know when they performed this, did they know Jesus was God? Caleb, when Jesus performed this miracle in Luke chapter 5, did they know Jesus was God? How do you know they knew? How do you know they knew? 
Cornelius, you want to help? O Lord, right? In verse 8, O Lord. But what else did he say about O Lord? He's a sinful man. And he, what did he do when he was saying that? He knelt down before him and confessed that he's a sinful man. Now, if, if, G, if Peter did not know that Jesus is God, why would he do that, right? Well, you knew before someone and said, I'm sinful. Please go away, please go away, I'm a sinful man. Because they know that they're very afraid. No man can be near God. Right? They knew Jesus is God. So this miracle um, showed that. And this time, this time the, the net break. Um, but before we go there, now what must I learn from this as I obey God? Not the difference part, huh? when God calls, He is God. And when He appoints us to serve Him, it is our greatest honour. Understand that? Why the Messiah should I am God? You say, I am God who is calling you to follow me. That's why you look uh, in verse 11. What happened in verse 11? Uh, now come to um, Ben. What happened in verse 11? They just dropped everything. They dropped everything. Because they understood this is the greatest calling. God just appeared to us and said, follow me, you know, and I'm giving you a task. Evangelize, right? Of course, in their case, they were entering the full-time calling. Right? Same for every one of you. Now, please always know when God appoints you to be at a certain place, do a certain thing, nothing is too demeaning. Understand that? It is the highest calling. Whether you are a doctor or whether you are someone that um, is just doing a, a very small job in a company, if that is where God has appointed you, and you know you are doing God's will, you are, you are fulfilling a very high calling. Do not compare jobs. Understand? God says, call, come, follow me. The person who calls, it's what matters. It's not what job you do. Okay? Remember that. So, um, they forsook all. Why so easy to forsake, forsook all? Because they know their calling. They know it is a high and privileged calling to obey God and do what He wants you to do. Um, that's why in church, I do not bother to ask when people come, Oh, what job do you do? Um, even when I ask you what you study, I almost guarantee you that I forget after that. <laughs> I was still asking, what did you study? It doesn't matter to me. Because all that matters is your obedience to God. You will do what God wants you to do. Alright, so in the Christian walk, you must always be like that. Because it is God that has appointed. So, um, some people feel that, oh, if I... Now, this especially, when it comes to... Let me ask for the, for the, for the women, for the girls. Um, what is the highest calling for... For... For a um, woman? Okay, it's going to be difficult for Chloe, so you skip first, I'll come back to you. Shenrei, what's the highest calling for a woman? To do what God wants to do. Okay, to do what God wants to do. Okay, specific area. If you call me to be married, then it would be to be a mom. Okay, very good. I'm glad you clarify. If he calls you to be married, then the highest calling in marriage would be to be a mother, right? 
Okay, so I'm glad you did not say the highest calling for a woman is to be married because it is not for all to be married, right? In fact, God says it is good um, to be single. Uh, it, is, it is better to be single, it's good to be married, it's better to be single. So both are good. Um, now, so why do you say motherhood is a calling? So the highest calling for a woman if you're married is motherhood, alright? Um, and the thing is, women have been taught otherwise. That if you have a degree, you have a master's, you have a doctorate, how can you give up that to be a mother? Huh? Because they don't understand when God bestows, when God gives you a child, uh, means you're bestowed with motherhood, understand? It is a calling, understand? Um, do you remember one of the DHW we did? What's the difference between a calling? When we use calling, calling we use very loosely. Things, especially we want to use it where you enter into something that now is your permanent role in life. If you've got a mother, it is a calling. It does not change. Like I'm called to the full-time ministry, it does not change. This is my life from now onwards. So calling to motherhood is very high. It's bestowed by God. Alright? So don't look at don't let the world change you. Those of you who attended the session on covenantal family, I said, right? I overheard this woman say, my first priority or my first calling is womanhood, not motherhood. Right? They don't understand. God gives, God bestows. So don't look, at, don't look down on, on God's calling. Okay? So God called, they just forsook. So you must be so happy you know, if God one day gives you marriage and God gives you a child in marriage, you must remember verse 11. And the moment they touch land, they forsook all. They can't wait to give up their job and do God's calling. Okay? So for you all, God's calling for me, um, it's, it's my calling in the full-time ministry, um, and so on. Okay? The world may think it is, it is not good, but God that calls. Now, so... Um, now, so us, there's a difference, right? One broke, one didn't break. Okay, so um, Veronica just came back. There were two miracles um, of catching a lot of fishes. The first one in Luke chapter 5, the net broke. Okay, just now, the one we read in John 21, did the net, net break? The net didn't break, right? The net didn't break. Alright. Um, now, this is different. Now, this time, the net didn't break. What do you think possibly we could learn from it? Wait, nice. Ooh. I lost track. Oh, okay. Why this, this time the net didn't break. Last time the net break. This time 153 fishes. Why do you think the net... Next time the Lord said, bring it up, bring it up. It didn't break. Because? Not sure. Okay, let me ask Brenda. If you were there, you haul this huge amount of fishes. They remember before they haul a lot of fishes, the net broke. This time, God specifically said the net didn't break. Different purpose? What do you mean? First one showed that he is God. This time? Rely 
help them rely on him. Well, both times, both times they it confirmed that he is indeed God and he continues to perform miracles. Um, last one, Susan. Not too sure. Well, first one, it broke. That's it. Well, um, it's interesting that in both miracles, the Lord recorded one broke, one didn't break. Alright? Now, this, in a sense, is a double miracle, right? It should break. It should break. But it didn't break. It is a very strong assurance to the people. Remember when I called you? I called you. Well, you remember you hauled a lot of fishes. The fact that you hauled a lot of fishes just at my command, you already know it's a miracle, right? You try the whole night, I just say do this and you get tons of fishes. Now this time, there is a reaffirmation. Even when you haul it in, you see, it doesn't break. You see how I will always, how I'm the one who controls all things, right? Okay, so don't fear. So it's a constant reminder, reminding not to fear. The last time it broke, no, you don't. If I don't want it to break, it won't break. Hmm? No matter how much fishes. So don't fear. Um, don't think that things will go wrong. Right? The God. So they remember this miracle. They remember God said, "I will make you catch men." Right? I will make you catch men, and I will be the one who help you all the way. I will. Okay? I will help you all the way. If you, you do God's will, He will help you all the way. Don't worry about things going wrong and all that. So now they say, wow, um, a double assurance. Right? So wonderful. Um, double assurance. Now I don't want to go down. There are people who allegorize this. Huh? I, I think I would consider allegorizing. God said that, you see, you don't break, it means that one safe, always safe. Whoever you fish in for me, they will never be. I don't know how to go down all that road, you know. It's just simply a miracle. Lots of fishes. Then, if you want to go there, then you have to dis discuss the loss of fishes. All different kinds of fishes. So, different kinds of fishes means what? Means all oh, Gentiles and Jews. All sorts of things. I think it's very simple. God just says, I perform a miracle and I assure you always. I will take care of things, alright? So, so please, don't worry. Um, now, next. Um, so, whatever God calls you to do, just obey. Just obey. It may not be easy. Alright? Uh, question number three. Let's go on. Now, what did the Lord ask Peter three times? And why was Peter grieved? Okay, so now we are going to read verse 15 all the way to verse... 17, 15 to 17. Are you there? John 15 to 17. Veronica, John chapter 15. It, John chapter 21, verses 15 to 17. Now let's read together. So, when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than this? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, 
Thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved, because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Okay, so now, what did the Lord ask Peter three times, Chloe? Lovest thou me, right? Do you love me, right? Do you love me? Thou lovest thou me? Alright, so uh, I'm Abigail. Now, why do you think Peter was grieved? so chong, eh? Just keep repeating already. I already said already. Is it that? Is it because like when Jesus was like caught and like going because he might then like they asked him three times or so? He denied the Lord three times. Right? He denied the Lord three times. Um, yes. So why do you think Peter was grieved? Yes. Right? Now when the third time comes, he can link it. That the Lord is reminding him of that situation and he was grieved, alright? He was sad in his heart. Not that he got fed up of Jesus asking repeatedly, eh? And like, parents, why you ask so many times? You hear the first time, is it? I'm going to only say this once, right? It's not that. Okay, but he remember. And the third time, when the third time he was asked, it struck his heart. It struck his heart. Um, now, so, Jesus did it to embarrass him. Samantha, why do you think the Lord Jesus did it? Ayo, he reminded him three times, like, oh, do you love me now? You really love me now? You really love me now? Then three times, two officers, Ayo, I'm so sad. How can you say it's to encourage him? Came back to ask him three times. <laughs> How can it be an encouragement? I told you, I always push you all to see how you think, <laughs> not to embarrass you Will you change your mind that it's about encouraging him? Hmm? You won't change. Alright, so why? Why do you say it's encourage him? Because it reminds And then Christ still come back to him. Yes. So that is definitely one. You know. Because you know, after they, they eat, no. So it's like the, the Lord like, okay, let Peter eat in peace first. <laughs> he finish his meal. Let's say. Now after they had where is that verse? Verse 15. So when they had dined, finish eating first. When I finish eating, I can ask you. Alright, you full now? Okay, I'll ask you now. Just the feeding, Peter remember the Lord came back to them, the Lord did appear. Now, Clara, what in here that proves what Samantha say is correct also? Feed my sheep. Why does feed my sheep encourage him? Because it means he is still Very good, right? So that's, that's your answer. Now, the Lord asked him three times, but he didn't, like most of us, uh, you, you really love me, uh? 
You sure or not? You tell me. Uh? Every time Peter answered, what did the Lord answer again? Feed my sheep. Remember, the disciples' greatest fear was what? Their mission is gone. The Lord come back. All right? the, the rest were quite happy. But he knows Peter's heart. Peter will be one that will keep wondering, do you think the Lord will still take me back to serve him? The rest did not deny Christ, right? He's the one who made the most noise, right? I will never leave you. Everyone leave you, I will not. But he's the one who denied Christ not once, not twice, but three times. And he probably remembered the Lord's look at him. Remember the Lord looked at him when the cock crowed the third time? The Lord looked at him, right? And then Peter wept. Peter would be among all the disciples, the one that really wonder. Yes, the Lord may come back, but is my calling still there? You know, like like uh, Clara pointed out. But the fact that he keeps saying, feed my sheep, you say the mission is on. You are still part of the called apostles. Go feed my sheep. He didn't leave it hanging. Sometimes we ask third time, then we say, also parents want to test children, right? Ready, yeah? Really or not? Yes, mommy. Really or not? Yes, daddy. Really or not? Yes. Okay, then I give you the answer. But the Lord is different. The Lord, every time he asks, he gives the answer again. All right. He keeps assuring Peter. Right? That is how, you know, every time you read all this sin, then you re- ask yourself, how can I sin against such a God? How can I sin against such a Savior that, that is like this towards me? Now, if you're not saved, you think opposite. Huh? Wow, this God very good. I huh? can take advantage of him. Right? But a true child of God will say, I cannot. I just, the next time I want to say, I cannot. Right? So, um, so what was the Lord's aim in this meeting with Peter to restore Peter after his denial? Right? This scene is restoration. Yeah, this scene is restoration. I, I always um, am amazed that God lets us do anything for him because he knows that we will sin against him but yet he gives us the privilege now so the aim was to restore Peter Um, what lessons are there for me regarding Christ Uh, what lessons any CP what do you think you've learned yourself What lessons? God will never betray us. Um, yes, and you know, sometimes for some Christians, when they look back in their lives and they can feel very down and they just feel that I've let God down so many times I think I'm useless to God and then they feel that and then they continue to live a life of so-called depression, sadness and they just keep feeling I'm useless, I'm useless, I'm useless alright so here Peter Peter was probably feeling a bit like I really wonder if God will ever use me again alright now there are some sins that that will bar you from certain ministry, understand that, okay? But it doesn't mean that you cannot continue to serve God in other ways. But remember, that's why we must always learn 
God will always use us, God wants to use us, but certain sins um, will bar us from certain, certain work. Alright, so like for the minister, um, sin of adultery, um, extramarital affair, that defrocks the minister straight away. But does it mean that he can't serve anymore? Well, if he repents, he can't serve in the capacity of privilege anymore. It will be something else. But the Lord will, will use. But it's very sad. Alright, it's very sad. But, um, so don't sin, don't, don't, so be very careful. Satan will want you to fall. Peter, God promised that, God promised Peter that he will protect him. Right, he did. He did so. Um, right, so if every time you fall, come back to the Lord. Confess, repent. Right, don't go into this downward spiral. So remember that. Um, now, here is one thing that I want us um, to, to be very clear about. What are the lessons about me when I, was, when I am on earth? Okay? Now, what did Christ ask Peter? Chloe again. What did Christ ask Peter? <coughs> lovers thou me. Question mark, right? Lovers thou me. Do you love me or do you love me? Okay? Now, why, why of all the things to ask, ask do you love me? Uh, Elaine, next. You love God, you keep His commandments, right? If you love God, you keep His commandments. Um, now, one thing that... Let me see how best to answer this. Um, God asks Peter, do you love me? And it's about restoration, right? Now, I'm going to draw this. Actually, for those of you who are going back, I do want to cover with this with you before you go back to Singapore because the next time I cover this, I'm not sure if, if God's will for us to go back, whether you're still around. Okay. Now, what was Christ? Restoring Peter too? Wait, here. Um, okay, so maybe I start with Anna this time. What was Christ restoring Peter to? To do what? What did he tell Peter to do? Which was to do what? Feed my? Feed his sheep. Feed his sheep, right? Feed his sheep. Um, and about lovers down me. I've said this many times and I'm trying to figure out how to say it to all of us such that we never forget this. When is the best time to prove our love for Christ? Elim, after we die or before we die? Before we die, right? Why before we die? Why 
is the time to prove our love for Christ is before we die. He said, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me, right? We are dead. <laughs> After we die, we are not dead, right? We go to heaven. Two. Difficult. Too difficult. <laughs> Veronica, what do you think? Hey, uh, Jennifer, what do you think? Because when we are on earth, we can serve Him. But when we go to heaven, we can also serve Him. We will be serving Him. Now, um, I want to tie these two together because some of you may not be here the next time. You know, every time I say that, I say you've lost sadness. Now, let's read John. Uh. Now, can we please continue reading? Verses, verse um, 18 and 19. Let's read together. Verily, verily, I say unto you, When thou was young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thine hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he signified by the death he should glorify God. And he had spoken this, he said unto him, Follow me. Uh, who understand this? Alright, Caleb, do you understand what, what these verses are saying? That we just read, 18 and 19, do you understand? No? Okay, um, Ben, Cho. What is he saying? When you're young, when you're old, is he saying, oh, when you grow old, you cannot walk. People will be carrying you around in a stretcher. Okay, well then what did he say? You need to play your part as well. Depending on your every stage of life as a part that you play. Okay, uh, what is this carrying you around? When you're young, you can go where you want to go. When you're old, people carry you around. On a stretcher. So you'll be stretched up. No? Okay, scratching your head. Justin? Is it that when you're old, you have limitations on certain services and things you can do? No. Uh, Initius? Passing on ministry about him dying, no? Uh, yeah, the next time people will say, "What's the question?" <laughs> I'll think of a way to make you pay attention. The question is, "What does this mean? What is he saying? What's his, what was Christ saying to John?" Yes, correct. All right, he will be crucified. Look at verse eighteen. Now he says, "When you're young." You, you walk about, but there will come a time you shall be stretched, um, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, another shall carry you. 
bind you but you will but to where you don't want to go all right what was he talking about verse 19 this spake he signifying by what death so he's talking about what kind of death peter will die understand what kind of death peter will die and this will be the crucifixion all right he will be die he will die like christ by crucifixion he will stretch forth his hand they'll tie him up and they'll carry him and he don't want to go there all right it's talking about it's talking about what kind of death he would die now why did christ or i put it the other way what kind of death this is in verse 19 that he should glorify god understand now the death of the cross we've always understood is a shameful death right very shameful death it's like today equivalent to i don't know death by hanging death by um firing squad is like for the worst criminals okay so but yet he say you will be crucified he's telling peter peter this is how you will die you will die by crucifixion like me all right which you were very afraid of which you found very shameful you didn't want to rec- you don't even want to acknowledge me at the time you denied me okay so he said that is the death you're going to die by now he said this immediately after he said lovest thou me okay do you love me feed my sheep do you love me feed my sheep do you love me feed my sheep now i want to tell you how you're going to die you're going to die the very death that you didn't you were too shameful about me, regarding me okay it's linked to lovest thou me what did peter why did peter deny christ wait over there then uh joshua why did peter deny christ he's afraid to die right he was so afraid his own life then he say crucifixion some more he knows what's going to happen next he said wow i don't be part of this just in case i get crucified right so number one he was afraid of death and especially the death that his master was going to go through will he end up being crucified also so he don't know now but christ will tell him now that very thing that you were afraid of that you didn't like they were ashamed of you're going to die that way but i want you to tell you that that is how you are going to what you're going to shenry <laughs> i know you're going to die but that's how you're going to die <laughs> but that is the way you are going to okay you will glorify him right you will glorify him yeah, you, so he said look at verse 19 now it says um this page he's signifying by what death he should glorify god all right and just before that it's about proving his love also right now i asked this question which you don't have uh, can you just write down this question on the page behind what caused peter's death question mark hey. what caused peter's denial of christ what caused peter's denial of christ question number five what caused peter's denial of christ What did Christ say about how Peter will die? Okay, both are answered already, right? What did Christ say about how Peter will die? And then the last question is, what must we learn after falling into temptation when we are tried? I repeat, uh, what must we learn after falling into temptation when we are tried? I repeat what must we learn after 
What must we learn after falling into temptation when we are tried? Right? Veronica, don't worry. Later we can copy from your sister. Alright? Anyone need me to repeat the question? No? Now, Christ restored Peter three times to remind him of the three times denial. Correct? You all rightly understood that. And now he is going to bring up the occasion where he was he denied Peter three times his crucifixion before his crucifixion and remember he told Peter that he will restore him I'll pray for you I'll restore you what is the lesson for us when we like Peter if we did fall into sin we did um, something that uh, grieved God and God restores us okay what is the lesson to learn with respect to? Because we have to link it to hear what Christ is saying. Christ linked it to his love me. Love me, right? Do you love me? Alright. Two, I'm going to let you die in a way which you didn't know. You, you, Love me or deny me. Okay? I'm now going to let you die the very death that caused you to deny me. Understand not? Okay? The very reason why you denied me, I'm going to let you die that way. So how do you feel? <laughs> You've just been reminded. Do you love me? No, you denied me at the crucifixion. Do you love me? You denied me before the crucifixion. Do you love me? You denied me before the crucifixion. Okay? You say you love me, right? Okay, you're going to die the way, the way I died. And that was when you, when you denied me. Right? What do you think Christ is doing? Is he trying to mock Peter? We know he's not. Right? Even when he asked him three times, it was not to mock him, right? Why would he choose now to tell him, you're going to die the way which you, you were so afraid of that even caused you to deny me? Why do you think so? And he talk about lovers down me. Why do you think so? Wait, who's next? Brenda. You always get the easiest question. <laughs> so why? Why do you think Christ bring up all the time to bring it up now? How would you feel after just being reminded you're afraid of crucifixion, right? Didn't I three times like ah you're gonna die this way? Do you love me? <laughs> huh? So what do you think is what's happening here? Say again. Okay, learn from mistakes. Learn from mistakes. What do you learn? Shouldn't be ashamed of Christ. And now you are going to be put in a position which will be very shameful because you believe in Christ. So what are you going to do? Learn from the mistakes, right? Okay, so this is exactly. Now, how do you see? How do you see temptations? How do you see testings? And how do you see your love for Christ? This is what we must understand in this scene. Um, Always remember that every temptation, 
every trial is given by God to test your love okay now I think Sunday night we had a conversation on this so some of you are familiar now remember that Christ at this point so this is Christ and Peter alright Christ and Peter CP telling him that of how he's going to die just reminding him do you love me okay telling him that Peter the last time I was going to be crucified and you were afraid so afraid that you would deny me three times now you say you love me right Peter you will have your chance to prove it understand you will have your chance to prove it because you are going to die that way now <laughs> okay this is really what is happening but is Christ sadistic and cruel? No. Because, now I ask you, if you really love someone, okay, say husband and wife. If a husband really loved the wife, but then the husband committed adultery, yeah, and, but the husband really loved the wife, feel very sorrowful, and don't want to do it again, and ask the wife for forgiveness, and the wife say, um, I don't know. Okay, I forgive you, but I say no. Then the husband say, you know, to show you that I really, really am sorry, and I really want to prove myself that I will not fail you. Um, I want to prove to you, right? You want to do something that you really feel hope that you can do something to make up for it, to prove your love. You've already committed the sin. Now, I'm not encouraging you all to sin and then go and prove your love, alright? Say, so, God, I'm going to sin this. And then after that, I'll prove my love to you by not sinning the next week. Not that. But you fell. Now, don't you want, Lord Jesus, I love you. And I wish there's something I could do to really show you and prove to you I really love you. When you go to heaven, uh, Elim, when you go to heaven, there's no more this chance. Why? Yeah, come to who? Who's next? I lost track. Oh, Brenda. Susan, why? When you go to heaven, you won't have that chance. Because there will be no more trials. There will be no more trials and no more temptations and no more testing. Understand that? Okay, there will be none already. So Christ said, you say you love me three times. Peter was grief, right? Grief. Say, you will get the chance to prove your love. You know, Peter always wondered. Peter was probably thinking, Will the Lord take me back or not? Will He take me back? I don't know. He will take the rest back, but I don't know whether He will take me back. After what I've done to Him, you know. I still remember the look He gave me that night. But now Peter got the chance. He was grieved by the chance. Alright, Lord, if there's only something I can do to prove to you. So he was very grieved. Lord, you know, right? You, you read. You read. Um, what's the last thing that Peter couldn't take it? Verse 17. Peter broke down already, right? Verse 17. And he said unto him, Wait, um, Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto the Lord, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Right? So, here he's stoned. He was grieved, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. I wish there's some way that I can show you that I love you. So he said, yes, don't worry, you are reinstalled. But Peter, 
you want to sh- you will get this chance then verse 19 verily verily you know it's verily verily me surely this will happen you will this will happen you will have the chance to be crucified you know the history is many people said that um, historically Peter was crucified how upside down eh? because you know by that time now if, if that were a true historical fact then um, he really want to show Christ in fact he will say Lord you know they crucify you this way I'm not even worthy to be crucified the way you're crucified the cross is no longer a shame to me it's a glory but I'm not worthy of that and they told the people crucify him upside down to show that I'm not even worthy of the death that my Saviour died I think crucified upside down is far more painful alright Peter had no more fear anymore when Peter hear this he say alright I'm looking forward to it alright so what is the lesson to learn now I ask you how should you view temptations remember we had the discussion all temptation is to prove you test your love just like what's happening here you turn to James right you turn to James so you must understand this okay let's read um, James chapter 1 Now, verse 2, shall we read together? My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Okay. All joy. Would Peter find it all joy to fall into the day of temptation when they will say, we are going to crucify you? But God says, count it all joy. Why? So let me ask you, why, wait, who's next? Uh, uh, Abigail, why would God say, count it all joy when you fall into any kind of temptation? The word temptation means trying, testing. Number one, he's there to help you. But what's so joyful about being tempted, then he's there to help you? Why so joyful? You're not alone. Good, my sister also suffering with me. <laughs> right, why, why would God say, you know, when there's temptation, be joyful? Samantha. Maybe I see it the other way. Alright, so this is a stronger hint. Why would Peter be happy to hear that he's going to be crucified? <laughs> because, very good. Because temptation is always a test of our love how do we know you look at james verse 4 um, let patience have a work like perfect that you may be perfect entire wanting nothing do you know that temptation is to make you perfect mature in your love for christ in your faith and all right and then in fact what he says are temptations for look at verse 12 let's read together blessed is the man that endureth temptation but when he is tried 
he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord promised to them that love him what does the last part say that love very good that love him now you connect it all verse 2 why should you be joyful because Christ know that you love him when what verse 12 when you endure the temptation okay so temptations are always to test and God and we pass God say I know you love me understand Christ he asked Peter three times do you love me do you love me do you love me now this is the test now so now heaven and earth are Um, every time you face a temptation as I've said there's no evil there's no such thing as evil temptation all temptations are from God the temptation to sin is never from God God always try us we say God always tests us every test even if it is a temptation to commit adultery or I put that the wrong way Potiphar's wife approaching Joseph, um, David seeing Bathsheba. Now, all these are they allowed by God? Allowed by God, remember. Okay? And it is always for what? To test our love. It is never to test, to tempt you to sin. Alright? Remember that, huh? So always remember. But in every temptation, there is an element of us wanting to sin that is not from God that is us okay so every temptation whatever it is is your test you look at the computer game I will walk away from it I will stop playing it right is 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 computer games an evil temptation there's no such thing it is always there to test your love you walk away from it that's that is your proof to God every time you see temptation you must see it as I'm so happy now I can prove my love to Christ whatever it is it could be a relationship with an unequal yoke relationship you say I really want to um, be in that relationship with uh, this unbeliever then you say oh this is my test I will walk away from it or this relationship is not good for my Christian walk you know the person um, is is worldly draws me to the world all no matter how much I like it but I'm going to walk away it's a it's a proof of love understand that Peter's greatest fear was this what is yours I don't know that's why now um, you see uh, once you once you go to heaven no more testing right um, then you will say I wish I did not fail God in that test because that was one time I could have shown him Lord I really love you and Lord said the crown that shows you love me alright okay so the next time you face temptation when you go home remember this your chance to prove your love I always, when I first got saved, I always had this picture in my mind. This is me. Alright. This is Satan. Alright. And this is Christ. And this is Christ. I always have this in my mind. When I'm tempted to sin, when there is a trial, 
I always have this picture. Satan is talking to me. Sin. Christ is saying, Do you love me? I allow this. Do you love me? What will your choice be? Right? So this is the sin that must be in your mind. Peter is asked, Do you fear the cross? Are you ashamed of the cross? Do you love me? Now, that's why we have this other question. Now, let me ask you this question. What brings more glory to God? Because say God, God said, you're going to die this by, by this death, you will bring me much glory, right? What brings more glory to God? Someone who is sealed and will not sin. Huh? So say, for example... Adam did not sin, right? If Adam did not sin, then we are not sinners, right? And then we will not sin. Versus, we are sinners. Hmm? We can sin after Christ saved us. But we choose not to sin because we love Him. Who gets more shame? Who puts more shame to Satan? Who brings more glory to Christ? This one. Right? While you're on earth. Now, God allowed the fall for whatever reason. In Romans 9, God says, What if it is that God may be glorified? We fall, we are saved, we choose not to sin. It brings God glory. That's why God says, God relates it to His glory. Understand that? Now, you turn back to your question number three. Alright? What lessons for me regarding Christ? We said that what when I'm on earth. What's the Lord's aim? Lord's aim is giving Peter another chance to prove his love. Understand that? If you made certain mistakes in your life, whether it is whatever it is, friendships, relationship, choices of of whatever in life, don't make that mistake again. They say, Lord, I will change because I want to prove to you this time I won't do it. I will love you. Alright, so remember that. Now, question number four. Turn back to John 21. We've got five more minutes and we've got to close. John 21. Okay, now let's read this verse together. Um, okay. Okay, so when the Lord asked them, Lovest thou me? Now, what is also Christ comparing it to? What do you think Christ is comparing it to? Wait, who's next? Uh, uh, Clara. More than he loved himself, yes, ultimately is uh, whether he loved, he loved 
um, Peter loved him more than he loved himself. Um, what else do you think it is? Um, okay, well, the things like what in this situation here? Okay, yes. Uh, and just before that, they are fishing, right? Right, they are fishing. And they have... What is lying on the shore now? Fishes. Fishes. Okay. So fishes were lying on the shore. Now, what was their old profession? Fishermen. Fishermen. And what were they on when they went fishing? The boat. So when Christ um, asked them, look at verse, 20, verse 15. Shall we read together the, just what Christ said? Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than this? Alright, so this. Now when Christ is talking, he's on the shore with them, right? What do you think when he said this, what will he be pointing to? Probably the fishes in the net that did not break. The boat that came in, the small boat, the bigger boat parked somewhere out there. So, Christ says, Love Peter, lovest thou me more than. No, actually, he reminded him, Simon, Simon, son of Jonas. He called him by his own name. Why do you think so? Wait, next. CP, why do you think he didn't call him Peter? He keep calling him Simon. Simon. Simon is his old name, right? Peter gave him my God. Why call Simon? Simon. Why? So, so that's like asking him, like, would you prefer your old life? Mm. Like how um, by sort of like saying his old name is also sort of like. Remind him of his old life, right? Right? Your your old career, the thing that you that that used to bring you your living, that you depended on. So Simon Simon, lovest thou me more than this? Understand that? So you'll be looking. So now, we have to ask ourselves in question number four, what are these? So it probably refers to the ship, the ship, the boat, the shipping equipment, the nets, the fishes, ultimately the fishes, right? And ultimately, the stomach. <laughs> the stomach. Now, what am I supposed to do? Remember when the first time he called them, we read, right, in Luke 15, Okay, see whether uh, uh, Ben Cho remember. The first time he called them, when they reached shore, what did they do? And they? You remember the verse? And they what? In Luke, 5, Luke 5, don't remember. Justin. They forsook all. They forsook what? All. There was emphasis on all. Means their net, their sheep, the anything that they depended on that on their, for living, that brought them a good life and everything. They forsake all. They even left family because they will have to leave the father's profession. They were helping their fathers, right? So they forsook all. Now, they, Peter was asked the same question again. Then you're forsook all, right? You came back to fish, good. You worked, you, you're not lazy. But I need to ask you, will you go back to these things? So you have to ask yourself, will I go back to those things? Now, what are these? 
So, what are some of these in your own life? What do you think they are? Right, what are some of these? Um, do you get the question? What are some of these? You know, it can be... I don't know. What are some of these? Anna, what are some of these for you? That, that will draw you, that will keep you from living the consecrated life with Christ. It could be studies. Right? It could be studies. Now, it's the same. Christ is not saying, don't, even if you're hungry, don't fish. You're not supposed to fish. It's not saying you're not supposed to study. But what are these in your heart? Alright? So you're supposed to make a living. You're supposed to study. But are they these things that you depend on now, that you love, that you cling on to? Or you obey God? You know, it will cost. It could be it could be friendships. In fact, for your age, it's always friendships, right? Friendships. That's why CHBP this time is about friendships. Godly friendships. It could be friendships where if you are if you dress certain way, if you now stop doing certain things, then your friends may alienate you. Or you may go back to it. I will still choose to be a Christian. Peter can still choose to be a Christian, but go back fishing. Go back to his old ways, old life. Not that fishing is evil, but he, is, he can go back and say, this is how I want to make a living now. For, for you all, it can be, this is, my friendships are very important, and sometimes it can be even Christian friends. I always emphasize that. Not all Christian friends are good friends. All right? So some, to be part of their group, you have to be certain, you have to, then you go back to your old ways. Understand that? So you be careful. Um, your change must be permanent and if whatever it costs you. And then sometimes it can be, um, it can be jobs, careers, that this job, this kind of lifestyle will give me certain lifestyle versus if I were to be an obedient Christian or if I were to stay in Perth or if I were to go back, then I may only have this kind of job. Versus if I did the other thing, I can have this kind of job. I can buy this kind of thing, I can dress this way, I can do all these things, I can have this kind of friends. Or you're going to be a, girls is called plain Jane. Is it plain Jane? I don't know. Plain Jane. Guys is what? I don't know. A nerd. Huh? But, you see, Peter, they are now going to bear the cross, you know. To, to Christ, you're going to bear the cross from now onwards. Now, what happens if someone say, your church is too strict? You're also square looking. You know, come to my church, this is how we dress, this is how we... And I've already known some have gone. Alright? So, what are these to you? You have to know in your heart. What prevents you um, in that life? But, remember... It's God's calling. Wherever God calls you, He's the highest calling. Right? So, do not be tempted to go back to your old life. Maybe we should all change our name. <laughs> Have another name, right? So, every time we go back to old life, we call our old names. Hmm? Ignatius, what's, what's another name you want? Ignatius is too unique. Every time I call Ignatius, people at the airport turn around. So I'm calling some historian. Right? Can we have some more common names? John? <laughs> so he called Simon every time he called Simon to make him remember. All right. So, all right. So I think that's all the time we have. There's still many things to cover for the old, um, for this, for the last chapter. 
But remember, I think there's one thing that I hope we learn, lovest thou me. Every time a temptation comes, that question must be in your mind. Chloe, what's the question? Very good. Lovest thou me. More than this. Add those words. More than this. Prove your love. Let us pray.